Well, hello there. Time again for the Florida Roundtable. I am Melissa Fox, and this week, just like every week, there'll be something for everyone in this show. We've got a special guest coming on to talk about the video game industry. That should be very fun. Also, when it comes to postal workers, dogs may not be man's best friend. It is Dog Bite Awareness Week. And we're going to be talking to the grandson of Jacques Cousteau and his wife about World Ocean Day. Plus, you remember the book came out 30 years ago called Free the Animals? Well, in addition to the 30th anniversary, we'll be talking to PETA about animals being used in deadly experiments and how we can make that go away. That's all coming up on this week's episode of the Florida Roundtable. By the way, you can find replays on the iHeartRadio app. If you're a diabetic, we have great news. You can end the painful finger sticks with a new CGM. Plus, they may be covered by Medicare, Medicaid, or private insurance. If you test and inject daily, you may qualify. Call U.S. Med now to learn more. 800-513-1652. 800-513-1652. That's 800-513-1652. As a Marine, Jamie's team always had his back. As a civilian, when things got dark, they still did. Jamie was losing hope when he found the Florida Veterans Support Line. Connecting with his fellow veterans helped him get back on track. Now, he gets to pay that support forward as a veteran care coordinator. Call 1-844-MY-FL-VET. Confidential, 24-7. Asking for help is hard. Call me. I've been there. Ever notice that regardless of what we're doing, time just keeps on ticking? If we're at work, it keeps on ticking. In our cars, ticking. Hanging out at home, yep, time never stops. Repeatedly, the Bible affirms what we already know, but have a hard time accepting. We have a limited amount of time on earth, and none of us knows how long that will be. James 4.14 says, You do not even know what will happen tomorrow. What is your life? You are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. And one day, our time will run out. You see, life is incredibly short, but eternity lasts forever. What will you do with the time you have left? Be sure you know Jesus, for a relationship with Him is what's most important forever. This is Bryant Wright, thankful to spend this time with you, speaking right from my heart. For more on this and other topics, visit rightfromtheheart.org. Hold on a second here. Florida Roundtable. <clears throat> you guys are too giggly. This is not, you know, we're talking, I mean, we're, we're talking about dog bites. And I hear giggling. That can't be funny. Dog bites are not funny. It's, it is it is funny we use that whole man's best friend thing. But postal workers? Nope. They do not believe that all dogs are good. I know. I do. United States Postal Service has National Dog Bite Awareness Week. We are in the midst of it right now, but every day should be Dog Bite Awareness Day, especially if you have a postal service guy or gal who gets out of the truck and heads up to your house and drops it in the mail slot. Linda DiCarlo, welcome. Hi, how are you? I am great, Melissa. Thank you so much for the opportunity to talk about National Dog Bite Awareness Week. Right. You are the U.S. Postal Service Senior Director of Occupational Safety and Health. Wow, that's a that's a lot of work there, isn't it? 
It most certainly is. It's an adventure every day. <laughs> well, so is delivering mail. Uh, I've got a few relatives up in New England area who uh, either ride around in one of those little trucks with the uh, steering wheel on the wrong side, or they actually are footpath uh, people. And dogs are not necessarily their best friends. That and curbs, but that's a whole nother story. Uh, so tell us what the deal is with dogs and letter carriers. You know, for, for more than 240 years, the Postal Service has been delivering to 163 million-plus addresses. And every year, we see at least 6,000 employees get bitten or attacked by dogs. This is a completely preventable situation. And the purpose of this event and this campaign is to show that working together, we can ensure that no one has to suffer the pain and trauma of dog bites ever again. So what do we do in specific? I know we have a whole week of awareness. Uh, what is it that we do, uh, aside from teaching our dogs not to bite the guy or gal that comes to the door or even that drives by? What are some of the tips that you throw out there for our listeners? Say, you know, we can avoid this. We can prevent this entirely. Yeah, there are a couple very easy steps that pet owners can take to help protect carriers and anybody else coming to their home. The first and biggest is to make sure your dog's in a location away from the door when the mail carrier comes to your house. If you're outside, close the door behind you to make sure your dog doesn't get out. If you are outside with your dog, please move them away from where the mail is being delivered and make sure your, your dog is on a leash. One of the other tips that we have is a lot of homes now are using electronic fencing. Please ensure that there's some signage that goes along with that. Our carriers can't see the electronic fence. And when they don't see a fence, they don't necessarily assume that there's a dog that lives there. And we also ask that you take full advantage of some of the technology that we've rolled out. Our new prom program, Informed Delivery, provides notifications each and every time you're going to have mail delivered. This gives you that heads up that your carrier, who normally doesn't get out of the vehicle, will be coming to your porch because you just got a package you ordered online. So using these tools, it helps you prepare and it allows our employees to come home safe and sound every day. We're talking to Linda DiCarlo. And by the way, uh, that email, uh, I love that. I look forward to that because then I know whether or not it's worth going in the mailbox at all. I get it, that the whole, Absolutely. what do you call it, informed, uh, yeah. Um, what's, it, what's it called? What's the email that says uh, informed? What's the deal? You call informed it? delivery. Informed delivery. I'll be all right. It's early or is it late? You never know. Um, but the idea of letting us know what's coming so we know if a package is going to get delivered. What? What a great idea. Using technology. So, Linda, um, are there other techno uh, technological advances that our, our postal workers are now starting to use? Yeah, we, we do a lot of training with our employees, but as you can suspect, you know, you never know when a dog is going to attack. Sure, sure. We start very early in their career by teaching them to use the basics of what they have on hand. We teach them to use that mail satchel as a barrier between themselves and the dog, so it gives the dog something else to latch onto besides their arm or their leg. We also provide them with dog spray. The dog spray is safe for the dog. It does not cause any permanent damage. And we've looked extensively working with the American Veterinary Association to ensure that we're using the proper products. We also utilize that scanner. You know, every time a carrier comes to your door and they ask for a signature or you see them scanning the barcode, that scanner also has hazard alerts. So carriers can put in that Fluffy lives at 14 Main Street, likes to hide under the bench and scare you when you deliver to the house. <laughs> now, anybody who delivers to your house will get a warning about 25 feet before they get to your house 
that says, hey, watch out for Fluffy. She's a tricky one. Life can be full of risks. One thing you shouldn't take a risk with ever is your family's health insurance. If you're self-employed or you now need affordable health insurance, you need to make this free call right now and see how the health insurance helpline can help you get it. 800-398-0651. 800-398-0651. That's 800-398-0651. Kids are amazing, and at Florida Kid Care, we think their health care should be amazing too. That's why millions of Florida's kids from birth through the end of age 18 get their health and dental insurance for free or at a low cost, and your child can too. Apply today at floridakidcare.org or 1-888-540-KIDS. That's 1-888-540-5437. Hello, I'm Hector Elizondo, Emmy Award-winning actor, and I want to talk to you about getting older. My body hurts, my joints ache, and sometimes I forget. I forget that doing all your own scenes for a movie isn't always the best decision, especially when you're galloping side saddle down a countryside road on a horse named Archie Bello, who seems to have only one speed, high. And pulling on his reins only seems to encourage him to go even faster. So, of course, my body hurts and my joints ache, but it's not because of my age. It's because I'm living my life. Oh, Archie Bello! Don't let life pass you by. Take care of your brain health. It may just help you stay on top of your game. As soon as this scene wraps, I'm going to kiss the ground, thank Archie Bello for his outstanding performance, feed him a carrot, and visit brainhealth.gov. Find out how you can make the most of your brain as you age at brainhealth.gov. Did you know that 47% of unemployed respondents say a lack of skills or education's made it hard to maintain at work or even get a better job, especially during the pandemic? Well, Goodwill and its Rising Together initiative are working to address these skill shortages for job seekers. And with that in mind, I've got Stephen C. Preston on the hook. How are you today, Stephen? I'm great. I'm great. How are you? I am doing quite well. So I understand that you guys took a little survey, a poll, if you will. And what did you find out? What were the results of this poll? Well, the, the, what we wanted to do is understand what people's experiences were in the job market. We see this huge uh, number of unfilled jobs, low unemployment. So we said, well, what are people really experiencing? Because what we hear today is anybody who wants a job can get a job. What we found out was a lot of people especially people with um, lower levels of income, want a better job. And what they told us was, you know, uh, look, we've applied for jobs. Um, in many cases, we've looked at jobs, and, and, what we, and, and we don't think that we have the skills we need we ha uh, to be able to compete for better jobs. I want something better for myself and my family, but clearly I don't have the skills to be able to get those good jobs that are out there. At the same time, that companies are saying they can't fill jobs because they can't find people with the skills. So we've got this sort of gap. And, it, and the other thing people said is not only do I not have the skills, but like I actually want to know how to get the skills. I want to get support for those better jobs. So we have this you know, wonderful opportunity to help people move into a better future 
and actually jobs that are available, but somehow we need to create the pathway for people to be able to, to, to get the skills they need. And that's where goodwill comes in. You know, we serve over a million people a year who come into our job centers uh, and help provide them with the tools and the skills they need for better jobs. Um, and so this was really important for us because we really learned not only what people are experiencing, but their willingness to actually invest in themselves to get those better jobs. And I hear, I mentioned in the opening, uh, Rising Together. Now, this initiative, what is it? Well, uh, Rising Together is basically Goodwill saying we need to come together to solve this problem. And we've reached out and, and, and really aligned with a number of large corporations and other partners who uh, also believe that helping people get the skills and supports they need uh, to get those jobs is important. So we have major partners uh, like Google, like uh, Indeed and Coursera, who come to us and said, how can we work with you to help people find those pathways? So we have many of these large corporations coming together to do any number of things. Google and Coursera are providing uh, people who come into Goodwill Centers with uh, training and development capabilities for digital skills. Uh, Indeed, which is the, the largest uh, job site in the world, has come to us and said, let us help you with job fairs and let us help the people who come into Goodwill Centers with their resume writing and with their interview preparation. Um, other, other organizations like Anthem are funding um, programs for healthcare skills. So this is a coalition of major corporations with goodwill to say how can we uniquely help you and your participants based on what we do well uh, in this journey to a better job we're talking with goodwill president and ceo stephen c preston about getting people back into the workplace in better jobs that they need to get the skills for again it's kind of a conundrum it's like how do you get a job without experience how do you get experience without the job so you see both um the desire for something better, but also the fact that it's, 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 it's difficult because of this skills gap. Now, that's important for us at Goodwill because nearly 60% of the people we serve are people of color, and uh, the majority of the people we serve are also women. So this is a, a group of people that is right, um, you know, right in the demographic that we support. Uh, and in many cases, we have specific programs that reach out to those groups of people to, to help them. Um, but it is, it, is, it is a very important finding because so much of uh, what we're concerned about, I think, across the country uh, is in advancing equity uh, in our communities. And here we have groups of people who actually say, I want something better. Can you help me get it? And by doing that, uh, we're helping to advance a more equitable workforce for the benefit of not only of those individuals, but for our communities and the companies in which they ultimately find employment. Stephen, how can people who are out there listening either get involved, offer up their, uh, their skills and expertise, or where can we just find more information about Rising Together and Goodwill? Well, you can always go to goodwill.org. Uh, that is our uh, that's our national website. And if you are interested in what's going on in your local community, you can find your local organization, your local good organization right on that site by going to a site locator. If you're an employer, come to us and we can support you in thinking for how you can uh, uh, 
uh, how, how we can potentially support you in your job needs. Um, if you're somebody listening on the phone who says, gosh, I want a better job, I want to get training, go into goodwill.org. There are two things you can find. You can find local job centers, uh, and you can also, in many cases, get online training right off of that website. And, in fact, you can even do job searches uh, on that website powered by our partnership through Indeed. So there are any number of ways uh, you can either get support from us or, as an employer, uh, uh, work with us to see how potentially opportunities in your organization could serve many of the people that come to Goodwill. So if you just tuned in, we are talking with Stephen C. Preston from Goodwill, CEO, President. And what we've got here is an opportunity for you to get skills for the jobs that you would like so that you can advance. What a great opportunity. Thank you so much for joining us today, Stephen, and for bringing this to our attention. Rising together, my friends. Thanks again, Stephen. Great. Thanks, Melissa. Welcome to the Florida Roundtable. 30 years ago, a great book came out. It was called Free the Animals. 30 years ago. And it was a very interesting adventure about a woman who was on one side of things and then went on to the other side of things. Basically, she planned on protecting the animals from horrible experiments in laboratories. With that in mind, I've got neuroscientist Dr. Emily Trunnell with us today. Uh, welcome, doctor. How you doing? I'm, I'm well today. Thanks so much for having me. Sure. So how is this book still relevant? Free the Animals. So Free the Animals is the original story of the beginning of the animal rights movement in the U.S. And it's, um, you know, it's very educational. It's about real stories, but it's also riveting. Like I picked it up and I didn't put it down until I finished it the next day. Um, it's got, you know, midnight raids, crime, government secrecy, a love story. And what we, so it's, it's a great read, but what we have added with the new afterword, which I was very honored to be asked to write, is whether or not the experiments described in the book from which the animals were rescued are still occurring today. And so are what they? What we found is that in most cases they are. And, and so this is still a, a critical issue to pe for people to, to understand and discuss today. Uh, we're talking with Dr. Emily Trunnell. She is a senior scientist for the People for Ethical Treatment of Animals, a neuroscientist. And you actually used to perform experiments on animals. Is that true? That's right. For my doctoral training, I used animals in experiments, and it was through that process that I really got to see how, you know, awful the system is. You know, people can people ha can give just the most ludicrous reasons for doing horrific things to animals with very little oversight. And and what I found out is that, you know, I, I was told as a young graduate student that that we were doing these experiments on animals. And they, you know, animals would be well taken care for, and our results would would help humans. But none of that ended up being true. Um, you know, ninety percent of ninety to ninety-five percent of results from animals don't translate to humans. And there's not a lot else that we do continue to do, even though it fails ninety-five percent of the time. Um, so I was fortunate to be able to have that realization and you know I'm, I'm trying to make up for it now by fighting for these animals. Good for you. So tell us about the research modernization deal that PETA has put together and the strategy behind it. So PETA is, is aimed 
that making sure that in another 30 years, we're not discussing how these same experiments are happening today. And we have the research modernization deal, which was developed by scientists. It's a comprehensive strategy for phasing out the use of animals in biomedical research, starting with the areas with the highest failure rate. Um, it is endorsed by the National Medical Association and the National Hispanic Medical Association, and it contains several steps to help us you know, shift funding from animal-based experiments to uh, human-relevant research methods. Wow, that, that is a good step, and it's, I hope it's working because, it, uh, well, does it benefit the, the, will it really benefit the animals and improve the current research, this, uh, this plan, the RMD? It, the research modernization deal, it will ensure that, you know, that animals are not being used in horrific experiments, which is obviously a great benefit to them, but it's also a huge benefit to humans, to us, because you know we, we all know someone with or, or ourselves are experiencing a condition or a disease that there's really not suitable treatments for. And when we are able to shift funding away from studying those things in other species that you know maybe don't even get the disease, for example, we still do... You know, we still use millions of animals in Alzheimer's experiments when other animals don't even get Alzheimer's like humans do. So shifting that funding to methods that are based in human biology and not the biology of other animals will help us progress and, and, and you know, really get in line with the future of biomedical research. This is fantastic. I just hope they stop experimenting on animals entirely, especially if it's not necessary, like you're saying, doctor. Um, and I'm not going to utilize any of the graphic information that I have here because, frankly, I, I don't want to uh, to disturb the audience, but the traumatic stuff that's happening to animals, it shouldn't be happening. So how can our listeners help out and, and keep this moving forward? You can visit um, PETA.org. We have lots of information and, and actions that people can sign to help either stop specific experiments or to let your legislators know, your members of Congress know, that you want them to support the research modernization deal. Um, we are working with legislators. We actually, several of them, um, members of Congress and NIH in February, asking them to start implementing this process. And so the more people we can get on board um, and, and really educate about why this needs to happen, the better. And, and listeners, if they're interested, can go to PETA.org to find more information about all of that. That's fantastic. PETA.org, P-E-T-A.org. Dr. Emily Trinnell, thank you so much for joining us today. And thank you for the research. Thank you also for coming around and realizing that experimenting on animals is not what they say it is, and it needs to stop. Again, thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. You got it. You're listening to the Florida Talk and Entertainment Network. The forecast calls for warm gulf breezes blowing through your hair and soft, sugary white sand below your feet, along with mostly sunny skies on outdoor patios while dining al fresco. Cool, colorful street murals mix with world-renowned art museums. And around sunset, there's a chance of fiery orange skies over emerald green waters. So immerse your senses in St. Pete Clearwater and start planning your beach escape at visitstpeteclearwater.com. Hey, Bill, how's it going? I'm fine, Bob. I just wish I were ready for mosquito season. Well, that's why I bought Summit Mosquito Dunks. Summit Mosquito Dunks? Yep, they kill the mosquito larvae before they're old enough to bite. How about that? Well, I guess I'm off to the store. 
Help protect yourself and your family from diseases caused by mosquitoes with Summit Mosquito Dunks. Available at garden centers, hardware stores, and online at SummitResponsibleSolutions.com. That's SummitResponsibleSolutions.com. Hi, I'm Johnny Erickson Tata. Growing up with a brother with autism, Sarah Crump witnessed firsthand how kids with disabilities felt left out by their peers. It's why at the age of 15, Sarah approached her cheerleading coach with an idea to include girls with disabilities on her school's cheer team. Well, what started out as an inclusive high school cheer team in a small town in Iowa has led to what is now known as Sparkle Effect, a thriving nonprofit with over 180 cheer teams across the United States, bringing students with and without disabilities together through cheerleading. The result? More confidence, higher grades, and better school attendance for kids with disabilities. And for those without a disability, new friends and a greater empathy. You want to learn more? Well, visit disabilitycampaign.org, where we have posted a link to the fabulous work known as The Sparkle Effect. We're here early before they wake up. We stay late, we stay informed, we invest in the latest technology. We take the time to train the next generation of doctors and nurses. We work together to make sure we heal their bodies and their minds. We do this not because it's our job, but because this is about our veterans' lives. This is our mission. More than 300,000 of us working as one, together with families and loved ones. No matter where they live in this country, we'll be there. We all come together and stand together to serve our veterans. We stand strong, united. Stand with us in caring for our veterans. Imagine. Imagine being denied an apartment because of your religion or your race or because you have children or a disability. It's so wrong. Yes, but who has the power to stop this? You do. Each of us has the power. The law is on your side. It's illegal for landlords to discriminate because of race, color, religion, sex, national origin, disability, or familial status. If you suspect that you have experienced housing discrimination, file a complaint with HUD immediately so we can investigate it. Fair housing is your right. Use it. To learn more, visit HUD.gov slash fair housing. That's HUD.gov slash fair housing. Or call 1-800-669-9777. 1-800-669-9777. A public service message from HUD in partnership with the National Fair Housing Alliance. I'm a dog lover. Okay, Linda, little little background information. And I do a lot with rescue dogs, etc., Rescue dogs have no, you have no idea what they're going to do at any given moment. No matter how many years you've had them, you do not know their history. And we are very, yeah, we're very careful about postal workers. But every once in a while, one of them will scooch out and chase after something. And again, you never know what the scenario is going to be because they're rescue dogs. And a lot of folks Uh, are dog lovers like myself. And I am so glad that you mentioned that the spray will not hurt them and that you guys worked with the proper people to make sure that the dog repellent as it is um, is not going to hurt the animals. 
Absolutely. You know, as you said, many of us are dog lovers, but few of us are dog experts. You know, we always know that people who have friendly dogs just expect every dog to be friendly. But even friendly dogs will bite given the right circumstances. We always say if a dog has teeth, it can bite. <laughs> yes, yes, it can. Uh, and another thing, folks, just a sidebar here for Linda and myself, but uh, people who see your dog and then just approach, you know, just put their hand right in your dog's face. Well, you, you've seen that reaction as a dog owner. You're like, oh, my goodness, you have no idea how fluffy, as it were, is going to behave. Well, certainly you don't know how it's going to behave when you see a, a postal worker in uniform with a satchel that looks like it might be, a, you know, a pig's ear to them. You don't know. So, uh, again, in closing, any tips, any more that you can share or where my listeners can go for some information, Linda? Oh, absolutely. You know, just to, just to round out, you know, I, I would want to drive home the fact that we are talking about 6,000 employees every year getting bitten. And unfortunately, Ooh. Florida had 200 of those last year. 200 in so Florida. This is, this okay. is a rising, yeah, this is a rising concern for us across the nation, but especially in states like Florida, which have seen increases over time. Just to, to, to get more information, I suggest that you go to USPS.com. We have a section for National Dog Bite Awareness Week. And in that link, you have access to videos, um, press release information, as well as some handy tips for pet owners and carriers themselves. Yeah, we've been talking with Linda DiCarlo, and she's from the United States Post Office in charge of all that counts. And as you said, this is not folklore, people. Um, a dog bite or having a dog charge at you, it's a very frightening experience. And postal workers and letter carriers, they have to deal with that all the time. So, uh, and, and I just really appreciate your, your time and talking about Dog Bite Awareness Week and Prevention Thank you so much, Linda DiCarlo, for joining us today. Hashtag Dog Bite Awareness, Linda DiCarlo and the Florida Roundtable. Please watch out for dog bites. Thank you. You're listening to the Florida Roundtable. I am Melissa Fox. If you ever have a topic you want us to talk about, melissafox at gmail.com. Welcome back to the Florida Roundtable. World Ocean Day, June 8th. You know, it's an annual reminder for people everywhere to protect and restore our shared ocean and climate. And with me right now to talk about this at all things water, we have the grandson of the legendary Jacques Cousteau, Philippe Cousteau, and his wife, former E! News and Entertainment Tonight correspondent, Ashlyn Cousteau. Welcome to the Florida Roundtable. Thank you for having us. We're excited to be here. And we're thrilled. Yeah, I'm glad to have you, too. So uh, tell us a little bit about this World Ocean Day, how it came about, and how we can celebrate, if you will. Well, it's one of those things where everybody kind of forgets about the ocean. Even though it's 70% of our planet, um, 80% of all life lives uh, on the under the ocean. And honestly, if you like to eat food, drink water, or take breath, we have to thank the ocean. Yeah, yeah. You like oxygen. Yeah. Ocean, you like uh, living. A little bit of role. The World Ocean Day is a celebration of that yeah. and a celebration of everything that the ocean does for us every day. Florida is front and center. And when we think about, you know, the impacts of the ocean, we're already seeing massive flooding in Miami when you're seeing, you know, these king tides coming in because of sea level rise. And so there's, there's real issues that are affecting us right now. And when we think about what we can do about it, we really start to think about how we make sure that, you know, we vote the ocean. That's one big thing with elections coming up. No matter what party, we need to be demanding. You know, Governor DeSantis said a lot, you know, made a lot of promises and has followed through on some of them, but not all of them with respect to the ocean. And so we need to continue to put pressure on our politicians. 
um, to, to continue their environmental commitments. Again, no matter what party and no matter what you know political persuasion you are, uh, we all need clean air and clean water. And then we need to think about what we do at home. You know, we've got a lot of big green grass lawns, and so what we put on our lawns are fertilizers and you know, when we think about the, the cleaning products we use at home and buying local and, you know, and all of those things, you know, matter. Yeah, not to mention the plastics that we just throw away and Ooh. think they're just going to disappear somehow. I don't know where the exactly. rationale is. Yeah, I mean, it, it, that's, right. it's that kind of stuff. When I walk down a beach here in Florida and I'm constantly just picking up random items and I think, where did you people come from? Who raised you? <laughs> because there's no excuse. I mean, there's trash cans every, you know, half a mile. Put this stuff in. It's not that hard. So where do people go for more information to help us keep a bright future for our ocean and for our planet? Well, and I, I think, too, it's important to remember that, you know, some of that plastic might not have even come from Floridian. It might have come from upstream. It might have come from, you know, more somewhere like uh, like Tennessee, you know, it made its way down, Georgia, or, yeah. or Georgia. And <laughs> I, I remember, re- I just read something recently that every single plastic fork that has ever been made in the history of plastic forks, it still exists. Plastic doesn't break down, so we have to remember that. Even if you throw something away in the trash can, it's not going to actually go away. It's still going to exist, and a lot of time that lightweight plastic will end up, even if you do put it in the trash can, it will still end up in our waterways and in our oceans just because it gets traveled by wind or it gets, you know, when you have a big rain, it gets washed out and, and washed into the wrong places. So there's a good quote that plastic isn't necessarily bad, but plastic in the wrong place is very bad. Oh, yeah. um, so that's something that we always talk about. So I think that's why it's so important to, to talk to people and educate people. Yeah, we all have a you know a role to play here and not being selfish and boneheaded. And, and I think, you know, one of the big solutions to a lot of these problems is just stop doing dumb stuff. Um, and so... You know, a big part of that is working with our communities, and we're big believers in supporting young people through my nonprofit, Earth Echo, or Focus. You know, on World Ocean Day and every day, it's all about how we help young people and give them the tools and the knowledge to engage in solving these types of problems and leading the way, which is so often the case. And so, you know, there's a lot of bad news out there, you know, Melissa, but there's also a lot of good news, and there's a lot of people doing really amazing things, and and that's what uh, uh, World Ocean Day is all about. There you go. So keep it up. Those people doing the good things, the right things, keep it up and tell your friends to get along with it. We've got Ashlyn and Philippe Cousteau. I used to watch your... uh, your, your grandfather on the weekends. I think my mother made me, uh, but uh, I enjoyed it so much, Jacques Cousteau. <laughs> I did. I really, I, I think it was just like, you will watch this and you will learn. But uh, you guys are awesome. You are from the legendary Cousteau family. Uh, Philippe is a multi-Emmy-nominated TV host and a producer and an author and a speaker and obviously, as you said, co-founder of Earth Echo International. And Ashley, we remember you from the red carpet. You used to be a regular correspondent for Entertainment Tonight. And, uh, yeah, you did some pretty cool stuff. And now you're, you're hooked up with the Cousteau family. You're out there doing all this travel stuff now. Are you enjoying yourself? Yes, yes. I mean, I, I was always a water baby growing up. Um, and, I, and I wanted, my dream job was to, to, was to work for E! News, and then I got that dream job. I did it for seven years, and then I met Philippe. And I remember I had this aha moment where I said, huh, I should actually be talking about what, like, what he's doing, the work that he's doing to save the planet and making that cool rather than talking about the Kardashians. Yeah. So I, I made that big switch. And, and truly, it's, it's so interesting because now I just use you know, the power of storytelling and, and the power of entertainment 
to make the ocean fun. Because at the end of the day, Jacques, you know, Philippe's grandfather had a great quote, and it said, you know, people will protect what they love, but they have to understand, you know, they have to understand things first. And for, for me, that's really where I see myself. I see how can we make the ocean fun and exciting and accessible to people? Because once people learn about it and learn about how important it is to their daily life, but also how amazing and cool it is, that's when people get excited and that's when they get fired up to protect it. Yeah. So which one of you decided to co-author this book called Oceans for Dummies? Whose idea really was uh-uh. that? Come on now. <laughs> That was mine. That was mine. And I have to say, it's a 26 chapter book. And though we are co authors, Philippe wrote three. I wrote three chapters. And I wrote 23 chapters. And he was in charge of the photos. And he was in charge of the photos. (laughs) Yes. That's why my name's first on the book. Okay. Okay. Fair (laughs) enough. It was was, uh, uh, one of those things that we looked around (laughs) and we realized there's a lot of books out there that are, you know, big coffee table books and very serious books about the ocean. And then there's, you know, picture books and, you know, and, and, books for, for young people, but we wanted something that would be accessible to everybody and an A to Z, everything you could ever ask about the ocean that you want to know in a page or less. Um, and it, so it's a, it, there's a lot. It's a big book, but it's it's really fun. And Ashlyn brought just her unique sense of humor and, and her accessibility and her writing and storytelling to uh, to make the ocean something that was that that's, that's understandable and clear for for anyone. So that was a that was our pandemic project. I love it. I love it. Again, check that, it out. That in a second, baby. <laughs> oh, oh, well, that's definitely a pandemic project. I heard about a lot of that one. Uh, oceans <laughs> yeah. for dummies. We're talking to Philippe and Ashlyn Cousteau. World Ocean Day. It's June 8th, but it's an annual reminder for people everywhere to protect and restore our shared ocean and the climate. And I've absolutely enjoyed hanging out with you guys. I know more information, earthecho.org. You're listening to the Florida Talk and Entertainment Network. More Florida Roundtable is right around the corner. Stay right there. Ever notice that regardless of what we're doing, time just keeps on ticking? We're at work, it keeps on ticking. In our cars, ticking. Hanging out at home, yep time never stops. Repeatedly, the Bible affirms what we already know, but have a hard time accepting. We have a limited amount of time on earth, and none of us knows how long that will be. James 4.14 says, do not even know what will happen tomorrow. What is your life? Your mist appears for a little while and then vanishes. And one day, our time will run out. You see, life is incredibly short, but eternity lasts forever. What will you do with the time you have left? Be sure you know Jesus, for a relationship with Him is what's most important forever. This is Bryant Wright, thankful to spend this time with you, speaking right from my heart. For more on this and other topics, visit rightfromtheheart.org. Life happens. Getting married, moving, new baby, loss of health insurance. If you had a life-changing event, you may qualify for a special enrollment period in the health insurance marketplace. Visit healthcare.gov and see if you qualify. Need help? A navigator from Covering Florida can help you through the process and find the best plan for you and your family. Visit coveringflorida.org or call 1-877-813-9115 to make an appointment. Assistance is always free and confidential. 
Looking for cheap flights or cheap tickets? Call the low-cost airline Travel Hotline now for prices so low we can't publish them anywhere. We'll even save you money with cheap travel deals on hotels, rental cars, even complete travel packages. Call us first for the absolute cheapest prices on U.S. and international airline tickets and hotels. 802-341-4542. 802-341-4542. That's 802-341-4542. You know, I love a last-minute interview. I do. It's Melissa Fox, Florida Roundtable. Always important stuff. I try my best to get them in when I can. This is one of those. Sir, mystery guest, please announce yourself and tell me why you're here. Sounds like an old game show, doesn't it? Hi, I'm Stan Pierre-Louis. I'm the president and CEO of the Entertainment Software Association. We serve as the voice and advocates for the U.S. video game industry. Wow. Okay. So video games. Um, you know, I, I work in conservative radio and uh, good to meet you, Stan, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I work <laughs> a little bit jiving and a little bit truth to this. I, again, video games, violence that's going on in the world. We need to separate and, uh, and conquer. So can you give me an idea, first of all, how video games, uh, if you will, come into play? Well, first of all, It's great to be here speaking to you. Video games today represent the preeminent form of entertainment throughout America. And what we try to do through our yearly study called the the Essential Facts Report is study U.S. player demographics as well as perceptions of the U.S. video game industry. What we found this year is that two out of every three Americans play video games. That's over a third. That's, That's 215 million people. We also found that 97% of Americans believe that video games can provide positive benefits, which shows that the perception of video games is really on the rise. Hmm, perception, and that's a good thing, not a bad perception. And we, Again, I hear so much in conservative radio about video games, that's what's going on, that's what's causing all the violence and such, and yet I feel like the health and wellness area, and mental health in particular, is really starting to pick up the ball and run with it. So tell us about the 2022 essential facts things that are going on. What's the most interesting results that you have seen that would appeal to our Floridian residents? Well, you mentioned mental mental, uh, health and mental awareness, and I think that's an important place to start. At a time when mental awareness is front of mind, more and more people who play games find that video games actually provide benefits to their mental well-being. In fact, 89% of people who play games report that video games are an important part of stress relief. And some 91% report that it's important for mental stimulation. Those numbers are up from last year. And I think that really shows the importance and staying power that games bring for people as well as joy. And independent researchers, including at the Oxford Internet Institute, have found the same thing, that games have a wonderful way of providing mental health and mental wellness to folks. One other key finding is that people who play games find it important in terms of developing important life skills, skills like collaboration, teamwork, problem solving, and even things like empathy, because when you're playing a game as a different character, you just gain new insights into people and who they are. So video games transport us, they transcend race, gender, culture, and provide us with an opportunity to really experience life in different uh, perspectives. So we're talking with Stan, Pierre-Louis. Is that how it's going? Stan, I love it. 
That's nice. It's the president and chief uh, executive officer part that I'll probably stumble on. See? Uh, he's the Entertainment Software Association, the voice, the advocate. Uh, that's what they are for a $43.4 billion video game industry, of which I participate. Uh, I play some lower-level games. I like the nostalgia fact. I like the fact that I can tune out everything else that's going on, even if it's only for a 20-minute period, and just forget about all the, the news and heavy stuff that, that I personally shoulder when I'm, uh, when I'm taking care of business here, which is called my career. So when we talk about the, like I got on board mostly during the pandemic, um, has that, and I know a lot of people got engaged, have they stayed with it during the pandemic like I did? Well, video game engagement was always strong, but it really grew during the pandemic. It really surged. And what we're finding is people continue to want to play, but more importantly, people love playing together. In fact, the reason I think games have really been uh, soaring is that more and more games help you play with others. Today, 83% of people who play games play with someone else either in person or online, which is up 18% from before the pandemic. So video games have this way of just bringing us together and connecting us and wanting us to enjoy life in its fullness. So bringing us together, are you talking about the growing phenomenon of families starting to play again, like family game night, except with the video, digital, uh, even the AV, uh, the augmented uh, environment stuff? Is that what's really think, happening? Like the general trend, families are actually playing more and more together. And in fact, 61% of people say that video games help them stay in touch with family. And that certainly was true in our family, where they have a 15-year-old and he's got cousins all over the country. Being able to play games together and connect really brought joy. Not only that, 77% of parents play with their children at least once a week, which really goes to show how video games really bring people together and also allows them to learn, grow, and have joy together. We, we talked a little bit about how, um, you know, games are becoming more popular, and you said that the, the conception, the way people are perceiving video games is changing. Let's talk a little bit about, and I mentioned that I'm a video player, a game player. Um, what's the misconception out there about the average video game player? Well, today, women represent 48% of people who play games in the United States, which I think surprises people, but it's been a trend for some time. The other thing is video games, the average age is 33 years old of people who play. So, again, a misconception people have about who's playing and, and what their ages are. But when you talk about age, people 45 and older outnumber those under 18. So games really have staying power and there's a game for everyone. Ah, okay, fair enough. A game for everyone. Some examples of popular games, maybe, Stan? Well, right now, every genre is really bustling, um, and, and that's because of the excitement that games bring. With younger and middle-aged players, a lot of them like to play racing games and sports games and fighting games, so games like um, EA, you know, Entertainment uh, Electronic Arts, makes the game Madden. And that's actually made in Orlando, Florida. So right. games like that have seen a surge in popularity. With older Americans, puzzle games um, are more popular, and that's because they report it's more familiar, but also it helps keep the mind sharp. So there's a game for everyone, and all the genres are really bustling. 
Uh, this is great. We're talking with Stanley Pierre-Louis. He is the president chief executive officer of Entertainment Software Association. And uh, they are the voice and the advocate for the huge U.S. video game industry. Did you know that for the last 20 years now, that Internet's not all that new and neither is gaming. Um, it looks like you've been doing this for quite some time. Uh, get a little background on you maybe, Stan? Well, sure. Our, our organization has been around for some 27 years representing the video game industry. What I love about the industry is it melds my passion for the art and the skill and the fun of video games with my passion for public policy and just thinking about the issues that video games um, really get to address uh, day in and day out. What I most love is that we get to talk about great games and the companies that excite fans and bring people together to create community. Because right now you could be playing a game in Florida and playing with someone halfway around the world and really connecting at a, at a level of affinity that is matched by no other genre. Wow, that was a mouthful. But I, I, I know you meant every word of it. Uh, you are right. With regard to the politics of, of video games, though, and I've mentioned it a couple of times earlier in this interview, um, where do you guys stand with supporting any sort of legislature? Or, I mean, do you even get involved in that? Or are you like, look, video games are video games. It's not a huge, I mean, where do you guys stand on that? Our primary focus is on making sure people understand the value and the benefits of video games. And we love promoting what they do to bring people together and to connect people. And it does so at every level uh, within families, within friends, within every structure. So we really like promoting the value of video games. And with regard to age limits, do you prefer that people actually stick with them? Those uh, limitations and warnings are there for a reason? One of the things our video game industry does better than any other entertainment genre is providing consumers, especially parents, with information about age and content information. So there's a system called the ESRB, the Entertainment Software Rating Board, and they provide that information on their website, ESRB.org, so that families can make really conscious decisions about what they want to do, and it includes not only the kinds of games and the content, but things like how do I limit spending? How do I limit time? How do I limit Internet access on these games? And how do I talk to my kids about video games? And so we really provide information at the granular level and at the broad level, so much so that the Federal Trade Commission has lauded our industry as the best among all entertainment sectors in self-regulation. There you go. Get it out there. Let us know. You know, the people don't always know, and that's why I'm so glad to have talked to you today. Uh, Stanley Pierre-Louis, and anywhere we can go for more information, sir? Sure. You can visit our website at theesa.com. That's T-H-E-E-S-A.com. Oh, perfect. Thank you so much for the impromptu interview on such an important topic, video games. Yeah, everyone plays them. There shouldn't be a stigma. Stan, thank you, and I appreciate your time. Thank you. Let's get real about COVID. We want it to be over. Some folks are like, it's over, but it's not. And two years in, our community is still hit harder. So we can't take our eyes off the ball. We need to talk about getting everyone vaccinated or boosted and let our friends know there are treatments for people who test positive. We've come a long way, but we have to keep our head in the game. Go to covid-resources.org or call 877-904-5097. Just three words tell you everything you need to know. 
They tell you why we employ more than 2,000 workers at our factory in Virginia Beach and why over 10,000 local steel dealers are putting battery power in the hands of Americans. Just three words, made in America. Real steel. Find yours at steelusa.com. The majority of steel products sold in America are made in America of U.S. and foreign materials. Batteries and chargers are sourced internationally. The forecast calls for warm gulf breezes blowing through your hair and soft sugary white sand below your feet along with mostly sunny skies on outdoor patios while dining al fresco. Cool, colorful street murals mix with world-renowned art museums. And around sunset, there's a chance of fiery orange skies over emerald green waters. So immerse your senses in St. Pete Clearwater and start planning your beach escape at visitstpeteclearwater.com. Hey everybody, Melissa Fox. Thanks so much for listening to the Florida Roundtable today and every weekend. You can find podcasts on the iHeartRadio app. Just search Florida Roundtable. Shortness of breath, patients confused, temp 102. He just had an infection. What's going on? It's becoming septic. Antibiotics started. Bed ready, let's move him. Infections can lead to a deadly chain reaction in your body called sepsis. Very quickly, sepsis can cause tissue damage, organ failure, and even death. If you know the risks, can spot the symptoms, and act fast, then you can get ahead of sepsis. Learn more at cdc.gov sepsis. My muscles ached. I was tired all the time. My son had a full-blown asthma attack. It came out of nowhere. The unsettling thing about some symptoms is... I had a fever and these terrible headaches. You don't always know what's causing them. It was Lyme disease from a tick bite. I had Zika virus from a mosquito. He had a reaction to cockroach allergens. Threats to your health can come from unexpected places. Get the facts. Visit PestWorld.org. A public service message from the National Pest Management Association. You've been listening to the Florida Roundtable, a news and public affairs presentation of the Florida News Network. The views and opinions expressed during this program are those of the participants and do not necessarily reflect the views of this station's management, ownership, or sponsors. For questions or comments, write to Florida Roundtable at fnnonline.net.